You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a Friday edition of Sweaters Forever, brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. And we have a great guest for you today. Joining us is two-time Stanley Cup champ, NHL analyst for the NHL Network, Dave Reed. So after, I've been wondering this for 20 years, Dave, after winning a Stanley Cup for us, you left us for the Avs. <laughs> no, no I, I didn't leave you. I was not allowed. I wasn't invited back, put it that way. Oh, okay. That one was not my choice. That was, uh, I think they had a couple of young guys. Uh, one is now the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, Jason Botterill. We had Yuha uh, Lind. We had some young guys in Dallas who were knocking on the door to get their opportunity on the left side. And I was the veteran guy at 35 years old, and I'd come in and my three-year contract had finished. And uh, it was, you know, time to move on. When you win a cup, things change. And I was one of those players, and I think Pat Verbeek was another one. I'm not sure if Patty stuck around or not, but we were both on the same. We came in together, and we did what we were supposed to do. We come in and uh, changed the culture and won a cup with everybody along with everybody else. But that was uh, it was kind of part of the responsibility as an older player. So we, we had a home there. My wife and I had a home there. We had some very good friends there. And uh, I, I'm not regretting my move over to Colorado. That worked out extremely yeah, well. Yeah, it did personally as well but um at that time we we didn't want to leave but we understood the dynamics of of where the uh the team was going they needed to get younger needed to bring in some of the young guys who'd been playing in the american hockey league and had been having success and it was time to see what they could do so uh there were no no regrets everything you know i left with uh with handshakes all around, Bob Gainey was fantastic, and Ken Hitchcock and Jim Lights and everybody were terrific to me. But it was uh, it was just the time to move on to younger bodies. Well, we thought it was because you were sick of Ludwig. <laughs> no, no, those, uh, that was uh, that was the, the the team teammates in Colorado and teammates in Dallas were were phenomenal guys. When you win together, it's incredible. That was a very very tight group in Dallas, probably the tightest group of players I'd ever played with anywhere. Uh, with Mike Keane and Scrudlin and Newey and Mo and all the guys, so uh, it, it, that was it. That was it. Was a lot of fun. I think. I think. Uh, I think my liver was quite happy to probably get out of there. <laughs> Can you believe it's been 20 years? No, I can't. It's absolutely amazing. I look back. It's uh, well. The, the interesting thing being in the business that we're in, uh, the media business, is that the players are are now retiring, and these players I've never played against. So that tells you that. Uh, that's a whole other generation that I didn't play against that's moving on and these young kids are coming in. So, But it, it, it seems like yesterday, especially when you start talking about it and you remind me of these things, it, it's, it just seems like it happened yesterday. So, T- Tell us about the uh, quick, quick summary of the after-game sit-downs with Sergei Zuboff, who's going to be honored by the Stars. Yeah, we, with Zuby, uh, Zuby was great. We'd, uh, a couple of us, we'd 
we'd stash a couple of cold beverages in the freezer in the ice machine back in the old reunion arena reunion arena and there was um there was always a time to sit and have a cold beverage a couple of guys sit around the uh, the laundry machines there and just kind of get out of the way and away from the media and just be able to to relax there were many little hideaways the guys used to go over if it wasn't if the trainer's room was full you could get away in there and Zuby was a uh, technician of the game and he always wanted to talk the game it was always whether you won or lost and it was you know it was the little things of the game there was always something that we could have done more or something that worked out really well so um, it was always interesting listening to him talk and, and listen to his thoughts and uh, I mean I'm very happy for him that he's been uh, enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's well-deserving. I think o- overdue, in my mind, he should have been in years ago. But yeah, agreed. Very, very deserving of it, along with Carbo. So it's been a terrific year. But it was, you know, there were so many times you'd sit on the plane and talk with different guys because everybody on that team wanted to talk hockey all the time. I've been on teams where where you put the game behind you, move on, we'll talk hockey at the you know next practice, and some guys wanted to talk it. Other guys, no, I'd rather move on. Uh, but on that team, everybody just seemed to want to talk hockey 24-7. Uh, how we could get better, um, you know, how we all despised listening to Hitch. And, and then, you know, it was one of those things where we were all on the same page all the time, and it was a lot of fun. You can watch Stanley Cup champion and former Dallas star Dave Reed on NHL tonight through the regular season, plus NHL Network will have live extensive trade deadline coverage beginning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, that's 7 a.m. here this Monday, you played for two original six teams, Boston and Toronto, and then you come to this new hockey city named Dallas with a with a barn reunion arena. How did that? I mean, you know, you're talking the old Boston Gardens when I watched you play growing up in the Massachusetts area, and then you know Toronto with the history, and then you come to Dallas. How did that barn compare? Well, the the, the barn was great because it was old and it was. Um... It, it had a uh, nostalgic flavor about it. It wasn't all shiny new. I left Boston, and they just built the Fleet Center at the okay. time, and it was all shiny new. So uh, most of us wanted to go back to the old rickety um, Boston Garden, which which had all the character, and you know, yeah. the old Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens and Buffalo and Chicago with all the old buildings and the smaller buildings with the character. So Reunion Arena was similar to that. It wasn't new and shiny. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with new and shiny, but at that time we were still in, in the age of a lot of older arenas. Uh, so reunion was great. The thing that I found most interesting is when we got in there, the team hadn't made the playoffs in the 95 season. And uh, I guess it was the 96, 95, 96, they didn't make the playoffs. So I get there in 96 with a whole new group of guys. Nui had come in uh, at the end of the year. Zuby had come in at the end of the year. Patty Verbeek, myself, had come in. And they're walking around offering tickets. There's handfuls of tickets in the morning skates. Does anybody want tickets? And it's like, tickets? Who gives away tickets? <laughs> NHL games. You know, Boston and Toronto, you're begging just to find an extra ticket for a friend or family member. So it was about, uh, it was probably about two or three months into the season when all of a sudden these tickets started to disappear because the team started to play well. Things were going great. But that, that, that was really interesting. By the end of the year, you couldn't find a ticket. And the next year, we were back to that model of uh, begging and asking for trying to find tickets because we were starting to sell out and the team had had some success and and you know we had hall of famers galore so we had a very good team well-structured team ken hitchcock had had changed the the the, the style of play we were going bob was running a great ship and uh, we had fantastic ownership and and then it was just like every everywhere else i played that there was hockey 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 and around the building and all the friends we knew were all excited about the team and uh, you know, you're never going to match up against the Cowboys in the Dallas area, but we did a pretty good job of uh, finding our niche and, and getting a great group of, of hockey and sports fans 
to follow us and to love us and to uh, have great success with us. Did you get used to the weather down here? Oh, man, I'm still not used to that. That, that, that was the best weather ever. Yeah, we well, loved it. it is. It didn't get too hot, didn't get too cold. You know, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it, it is. So let's fast forward to today, and the Dallas Stars are playing some great hockey right now. Big tilt tonight against the St. Louis Blues at the American Airlines. And if you're Jim Nill with a team playing this well, what does Dave Reed do if he's the general manager? Does he pull the trigger, or does he keep what he has? Well, I keep what I have, but I, I look to add, and uh, I'm a true believer that the third-line center and, and shoring up some some depth up front because of injuries and shoring up someone on the back end is, is the way to go. Um, you know, I, I look at at uh, when I won teams, that's exactly kind of where, when even in Dallas when we won, that that's what we did. We were shoring things up uh, on the back end. We shored up, you know, we picked up players like Screwy and Keener came in. Uh, late near the trade deadline, so that's just just little tweaks with this team. This team's starting to peak at the at the right time, and it, it has nothing to do with the level of play of defense or third depth, third line forwards, fourth line forwards, depth forwards. It, it's you need extra players to play two months of playoff hockey. It's been proven that you, you're not going to win with 12 and six and one goaltender. You're going to need both goaltenders. You're going to need probably eight defensemen and anywhere between 14 and 15 forwards because of injuries, because of, um, you know, suspensions and just the, the grind it takes to get through. So I think adding adding a depth player to fit into your group without re- removing everybody is the way to go. Um, I mean, that's – I think every GM would look at it at, in that regard. But that, that's, that would be my additions. I don't think you need to remove anything to replace defense or replace forwards. I think you just need to add some depth to this team. We were talking yesterday, it feels as though what teams are giving up to get players seems a little bit excessive. Do you feel the same way? Well, it, I think it's excessive because of the salary uh, cap times. Uh, teams are giving up, um, you know, first-round picks and, and to, to really acquire cash and cap space. And if you're willing to give up a first-round pick and get a player and um, maybe – uh, move some cap space, and if a team wants to accept that cap space on their roster, it's like, well, I'll do that for a high pick. Uh, how much is $2 million, $3 million, $4 million on your cap space worth to you? And if you're a winning team and you want to go for it, that might be worth um, being able to add a, a, another player and give up a second-round pick or possibly even a first-round pick to open up cap space to pick up somebody else. So that, that's kind of where I'm seeing that most of these trades with the drafts uh, giving up drafts, it's teams are, are shuffling cap space around, which when you're looking at a trade and you're just looking at what's going back and forth, you don't, the average fan doesn't think of the cap space because that's, that's all part of the business right now. But I, I think we're going to see more of that as we move along. From a player perspective, when deals are made, how does that affect the room? Well, when you add and you don't subtract, it's usually fantastic. Yeah. Subtracting a player um, can be difficult. But for the most part, when you add a player, you know, like we, in Dallas, we lost guys like Todd Harvey uh, when Brian Screw and Mike Keene came over. You know, Harvey was a great, great friend to everybody, but we got two great players who helped us win a Stanley Cup. Uh, and so when you're, when you're adding players um, into your lineup, it, it just boosts the room because now you're thinking, okay, the team believes in us. Um, we've added to what we, what we feel is a very good group. 
and it's not necessarily you're worrying about someone coming and taking your job. It's more you're adding depth because everybody understands what it takes to win in the playoffs, and it's depth. And when you can add a player who's a veteran guy who can play anywhere in the lineup or a, a defenseman who's going to come in and be able to fill in here or there um, and be responsible, it, it just gives the team more confidence like, hey, this team likes us, the management likes us, they're serious about us, they think the same way we do about ourselves, and away you go. Because the GMs never come into the room and say, guys, I love the way you're playing. I really think we have a chance to win. That, that's just a given. But when they add players to your team or they make moves to shore up your team, that's pretty much what they're saying to the guys in the room. It's a pat on the back to say, you guys are playing great. Let's keep it up. Let's make a run, and let's try to do this. Because that's not something you say on a, at any time during the year, because it's expected. that Those are the expectations of good teams. That, hey, we're good. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's win this thing. Dave Reed from the NHL Network and NHL Tonight joins us. And uh, don't forget, you can watch the NHL Network on Monday, beginning at 7 a.m. Uh, to get all the uh, trade deadline deals. Do you think there'll be a bevy of them, or do you think we might have a slow year this year? Uh, well, we're, we're starting to see them already. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and that, that's the thing with uh, the the deadline is, is just that, a deadline. It's not the day to make the trades. It's the last day to make the trades. So I think teams are trying to get a jump. I think we'll see a bunch more go down over the weekend. I think some of the bigger ones, uh, you know, I think some of the better players in play, Chris Kreider and, and uh, J.G. Pajot, are players that may sign with their respective teams, the Rangers and the Senators. And both players will be great additions to a, a playoff run for any team. But the problem is that there being UFAs, they may sign with the teams, which would be perfect fits with the teams they're already with. So that might take a while to finish negotiations. I don't know if there's deadlines on both those teams saying if we don't have them signed by Saturday, uh, let's trade it. Let's not wait till Monday because other teams may have already filled the holes and we may lose that opportunity to move one of these guys. So um, I think I think that would be I think those two, to me those are the two two of the best players available to fill spots, and they might they might go Saturday, they may not go at all, or we'll just wait and see. But all I know is that I will be sitting down watching at home and not sitting in the in the uh, in the studio <laughs> waiting waiting for something to happen. I'll pick it up as it goes along, which I'm quite happy with. I because man, those are long days. I've been there. Those are long days. Yeah, they are waiting and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so St. Louis uh, gets Scandella to fill the defensive void, and I'm intrigued by Winnipeg and Bufflin. If Winnipeg can move some cap space with Bufflin so they can make a move, and the other one is Colorado. Do they go out and try to get that goaltender to take them over the top with the Grubauer injury? Yeah, that, that's in, the, the, the Colorado one's intriguing because we're not sure how long Grubauer's going to be out. I mean, if he's out for, let's say, four weeks, you get a couple weeks before the playoffs, and do you go into the playoffs with a goaltender who's just coming off a lower body injury and, and have Pavel Francouz, who's, a, who's played fantastic for them, but it's not proven in NHL playoffs. So that one's interesting. They Also, with Kadri and Rantanen out up front, um, you know, they, might be, you know, they might be able to add a player They've got lots of cap space, but I'm sure Joe's looking to add someone. I'm sure every top team's looking to add someone, such as the, the Stars, to do the same. And uh, the St. Louis Blues did a very nice job. Doug Armstrong, uh, my old uh, assistant general manager in Dallas, when we won in '99, he's done a fantastic job of filling the the hole that Jay Bowmeister unfortunately left when he went down. Uh, so, and the, and St. Louis comes back in the last couple of games playing solid defensive hockey game. That'll be a great game tonight yeah. in uh, in Dallas with St. Louis. So. Uh, it's, it will be interesting to see where everybody goes. That central division is just crazy. 
you have to end up first in the Central Division. That's all I have to say to the three teams there, yeah. Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas. You have to end up first because you do not want to play the first round against uh, either of those opposition teams because there's going to be a quality, quality team in that division go out in the first round. Yeah, I, I've said the same thing. And, I, you know, I mean, it's it's weird. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you look at these power rankings and it seems as though people are knocking St. Louis down and, Man, I was just saying yesterday, you know, they they have the cup. They're they're built for another cup run. Uh, I love their style. Their style kind of reminds me of what you guys had 20 years ago with you guys had the talent to score, uh, played well on defense. I think Pareko is a vastly underrated defenseman. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, they're a physical team. And it, it did remind me of uh, your team that won the cup. I agree. I, I, I think the same that they play that uh... – Heavy game, yet they can score when need be. Um, the power play can click. You get excellent goaltending. And remember this year, they're going to have uh, Vladimir Tarasenko come back. Yeah. He will be back, and he hasn't played for forever, it seems like, this year. And that is going to be a fantastic trade deadline acquisition to throw into a lineup. And he's, he's the type of game breaker like a, the Brett Hull, not like not as – uh, not as good as Brett and didn't score as much, but he has that potential to open a game up and he can score from anywhere. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the St. Louis Blues are, are a very tough team to play against. And much like uh, in the, the 2000s uh, playoffs, the 99-2000 playoffs, the Stars were the team to beat. And right now St. Louis is still the team to beat. I don't care who you are until you knock the champs off. Uh, they're, they're the team to beat. And... You don't. I don't think you want to run into St. Louis in the first round. Put it that way. So that's where you want to win the division, and maybe catch up with them in the uh, the second round and let them let them battle through the first round. But uh, I agree. I, I like the way they play. I like the way we played back then. I, I think we were. I know we were a more talented team then. I can say that because we won. And uh, I think we were a more talented team through our lineup than the Stars or than the Blues. But I think they play exact same as we did. So you're covering all the games tonight, but do you have an extra eye on this St. Louis-Dallas game? That will be a fun one. Um, I, I, both teams playing great defensively. Uh, I always enjoy watching the Stars, especially now the way they're scoring. It was frustrating watching them before. It's like, yeah. you guys have got all this talent. It's like, come on. And uh, Rick Bowen, I played with Rick. Uh, was my head coach when I went back to Boston, 91-92. I remember that. Unfortunately, they let him go. We got to the conference final, and... Pittsburgh swept us and then swept Chicago, and they let Rick Bonus go and brought in Brian Sutter. But Rick's a, a great coach, a great guy. Uh, I'd love to see him have fantastic success. But it's difficult when you got Army on the other side as the GM of St. Louis. We won with a 99. So, uh, But uh, this is going to be a great game tonight. I'd like to see a 5-4 game, not a 1-0. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And before we let you go, are you a little surprised that Jamie Benz in the lineup tonight and the NHL didn't take more action? Uh, uh, it, I'm not even going to comment on player safety and yep. the way things go because it, 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 they do a fantastic job. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with their decisions either way, but it, you can look at different things, slow things down and determine, wow, that should be suspendable. It shouldn't have been, uh, I'm not always right on my decision, so I'm just going to let it stand the way it goes. And, um, I, I'm glad I'm an, an analyst watching and not on player safety. That's, <laughs> I think that's the toughest job in hockey these days. Well, uh, you're a heck of an analyst. Uh, love you. Love Kevin Weeks. All the guys at NHL Network. You guys do a t- 
terrific job. It's a it's a terrific network. I love how you guys carry the Canadian feeds and for people down here, like I love watching those uh, Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night feeds when you guys carry that. I know big trade coverage on Monday. So uh, it's a great network. And uh, for NHL fans, it's a, a must tune into. Thanks, Gavin. We uh, we enjoy doing it. We love hockey. We love chatting hockey, and um, it's, it's it's every night's different. Something new every night, and uh, it's the greatest game in the world, and it's a lot of fun to follow. Well, we'll always refer to you as former Dallas star, Dave Reed, because uh, thanks for bringing the cup to uh, Dallas. And I know it was uh, a short term you were here, but uh, always appreciated the memory. Hearing about the, the memories is always great, especially on the twentieth anniversary. Absolutely, thanks, Gavin, uh, and memories that I'll never forget. That's Dave Reed. You can watch Stanley Cup champion Dave Reed on NHL tonight throughout the regular season. Plus, NHL Network will have live extensive trade deadline coverage beginning at 8 a.m. Eastern this Monday. And thanks for listening to a Friday edition of Sweaters Forever. It's brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. Enjoy the game tonight, everyone.